Everybody, welcome back to another exciting and special episode of the Vile Files Going Deeper Edition. AFR, 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 AFR style with Sound uh, Irish, yeah, <laughs> uh, with our very special guest. We now know the correct pronunciation, and now you're scared, now you're scared because it's so subtle. Do it, do it, feels intuitive. Ariel, you got this, yeah, Ariel with an L, a L. You're enunciating a bit. You're enunciating at the end. Yeah. It's like a question mark. It's not Ariel. It's not Ariel. It's Ariel. No. No. (laughs) What? Ariel. Ariel. See, I got my head. Fuck. You did. You got it right the first time. Ariel. Ariel. You crushed it the first time. Uh, Welcome. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. How's your heart? My heart is there. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's existing. Okay. (laughs) Uh, well, we are very excited to have you. We are glad that you took the time to come with us before, uh, since we're not going to do like a big intro, uh, we have some quick housekeeping notes to get to. Uh, so please indulge us. I will. As everyone now knows, since we've been talking about it, uh, this is our going deeper episode, our recap. It's coming on Thursday. It has the hysterical comedian Ashley Gavin is going to be with us to recap the finale. She's a big Bachelor fan. She's also, if you are on lesbian comedy TikTok, you certainly know this woman. Even if you're not, you might know this woman. She's phenomenal. So some hot takes coming on Thursday for you. Okay. All right. And then we have Katie Maloney next week on uh, what will now be Freestyle on Tuesday. Uh, Anything else that we want to get to before we jump right in? Love is Blind is happening. We're going to be doing some- Yeah. So- uh, we're watching Love is Blind. We have Bachelor producers in the studio. I feel bad. Do you guys it feels like we're with cheating them? on them. It feels like we're cheating on you guys. Um, but we're loving season four. It's going great. Uh, we will get into a lot of Love is Blind, like recapping next week on uh, Going Deeper next Thursday. With sweet Phoebe Robinson. Yeah, Phoebe Robinson will be with us. If you are dying to really break down uh, the first batch of episodes, I think it's episode one through five. We will be breaking that down behind Vile Files Plus, which if you haven't joined yet, you're missing out. It's rated super fresh, whatever. Certified uh, fresh. Certi- certified fresh. 100%. <laughs> um, and you have a free trial, so check it out uh, if you're dying for some real deep dive Love is Blind uh, commentary. But we will definitely, on the Vile Files, just be covering and talking about the whole season in general next Thursday, but it's Bachelor Week, so... We have another episode of uh, Better Day Than Never live on Thursday. We're talking about getting caught while having sex. There you go. Mm. Yeah. That is the theme. Do you have any stories about that? Maybe that's a good one. <laughs> 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 Just start an interview. What have you been caught fucking? I don't get caught. Okay. Oh, but I've walked powerful. in on people. You've walked in on people? <laughs> yeah, many times. Okay. Including my parents. So you've caught. Including your parents. I didn't see anything. Tragic. Yeah. Oh. I feel but, like everyone's had a moment like that. Yeah, I just knew something was going on, yeah. but I didn't actually see it. I'm you so hear sorry. a rustling. Have you? I haven't. No. Really? Yeah, and you would think. Which is shocking, considering shocking, your considering parents are doing that a lot yeah, after you were. I have 10 siblings, so here we are. Anyway, <laughs> how are you? I'm doing good. How is your heart? You're doing fine? You're... I think getting that kind of closure and being able to see Zach again, being able to, it's been six months mm-hmm. since we officially broke up since everything happened. Okay, wow. So that gives me a lot of time to process. And I think the final closing piece was seeing him again now and being able to articulate what I was feeling. Okay. So watching it back, knowing that I wasn't given the full piece of information, 
I think it was important for me to relay that versus really being still in pain over the relationship. Okay. We have a lot to discuss. We want to get in with you. Uh, certainly more about your experience and obviously the end of the season before we get to that. But I think the audience would love to just kind of get to know a little bit about you and, you know, people love the type of question. I don't know if you've answered this in other interviews, but how did someone like yourself end up on the show? How familiar were you with the show? And just kind of what, what's your origin story when it comes to Bachelor Nation? I feel like I fell into a pothole in New York and just ended up on the show. Half the time, I feel like my face is always disassociative, just like spacing out on the season. Like, what's going on? I'm scared. Um, my friends applied me. Okay. I feel like I was complaining a lot about dating, a lot about changing my environment, but didn't really know how to do that. And my friends just did it kind of behind my back. Okay. So I didn't anticipate that. And I actually got a call about the show, thinking it was a call from someone else because an Italian last name. So I thought I got this like special reservation at this Italian restaurant, but really it was just a producer. Okay. Like, got the show. I had a similar experience as <laughs> yeah. well. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I was in San Francisco at work for a work like conference and. They're like, this is so-and-so from ABC The Bachelor. Are you still interested in coming on the show? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about, <laughs> but like, sounds cool. Uh, so you got the call from the show and were you like excited, a little nervous, hesitant? Like, what were your thoughts uh, and how familiar were you with the show in general? Were you like a big fan or like a casual watcher? You knew nothing about it. I thought it was a prank because my friends and I like to prank call a lot and we like to mess with each other. Um, I was familiar with the show from a few years ago. I didn't really watch it actively kind of on the past few seasons, but I kind of dipped in and out of different seasons, but really hadn't known much about it at all okay. and didn't really try to watch it before I went into the show. And when you kind of went through the casting process, were you, what was your mindset more like, we'll see what this is all about, or if they want me, I'm in. How, are, how did you kind of go about your decision-making process to decide to go on once you got the call? I was really hesitant. I, I honestly was not treating it seriously and I didn't really think I was going to do it at all. So the way it was the way it worked was every two weeks I would hear from someone. So it's almost like the perfect dating situation, right? You forget about someone, yeah. they tap in in two weeks, then you're like, oh. So you had a situationship with casting. I kind of yeah. did, honestly. I had a full situationship with casting. They I thought they ghosted me for a period of time. They kept coming back for more. Okay. Um and they I, I was kind of in between what I was doing professionally as well. So I was really heavily applying to jobs at the time and they kept calling me in the right amount of time. And then by around September, they officially called me and told me that I was casted for it. So I had a long conversation with my family, with my my friends. My family did not want me to do it. Um, my friends were encouraging me to. Okay. And then the friends won. I had, yeah. Well, I had a full sit down with my family, which I've spoken about, where, as you know, my dad thought that I was going to walk into multiple orgies and told me not to do anything in relationship with the show because he'd seen it before and he know, knows what's, what goes on behind the scenes. So he ended up being right, which, I mean, my dad's always right. So There you go. A lot of people often want to know, uh, at what point did you realize Zach was The Bachelor? What were your initial thoughts and did that have any impact on your decision to go on the show or not? I knew before going in, um, I really didn't want to go in without knowing who it was. And once I found out it was him, I was surprised. But I was excited to kind of get to know him more because I feel like in the previous season, we really didn't get a picture of his entire personality. Okay. Is Zach someone who um, did you think was kind of in line with the type of guy you usually date? No. De definitely not, no. Okay. Personality-wise, eventually when I got to know him, he reminded me of people that I dated when I was younger and in college. Interesting. But 
not at all in terms of the people that I've been dating recently. And did you find that to be enjoyable? You know, I yeah. think as, you know, as daters, we're creatures of habit and we have a hard time getting out of our comfort zone. So you enjoyed that experience. With dating, I'm actually not a creature of habit at all. I don't really have a type. Okay. And I don't really, I like to go on a lot of dates to get to know people versus really considering it dating. So I find every dinner not really to be a date, but to be like, oh, this could be interesting. And it's a way to test yourself, to test what your preferences are. And you could always be friends with someone after. It doesn't have to be romantic. So with Zach, it kind of reminded me of people that I dated in college because I feel like I was attracting different types of men before I had like my big breakups and big relationships post-college. And I, we, you know, you talked about your frustration, which loved on the show. Really, um, I know that the show loves a... a a traumatic story and, you know, a very emotional one-on-one date. But I really appreciated uh, your one-on-one with Zach where it was just kind of very real, like, hey, listen, like dating sucks. It's hard. I'm sick of being single. It wasn't some big kind of sob story, but it was really just kind of, uh, well, honest and real. And just, it was one of the more relatable one-on-ones I thought of the season and quite honestly in a while, because you're, you're so used to hearing these tragic stories rather than just a, hey, listen, this is fucking hard and it sucks. I really appreciated that. But I don't think we really got into a lot of your dating history. What was your kind of experience? We talk a lot about just heartbreak and getting over people. Did you have uh, many defining relationships prior to this experience on The Bachelor that kind of shaped, you know, whether it was just a very difficult experience or overall positive experience, but like our, our heartbreaks can often kind of change how we see things going forward and, and what's your kind of history when it comes to that that maybe led to you going on The Bachelor? I'd, I'd been in four serious relationships, two in college and then two after. Um, my probably most serious relationship was right after college and it was kind of the relationship that defined my the rest of my life and it was one of the best relationships I'd been in but it was also the breakup was the worst breakup I'd, I'd ever had. So the two really oppose each other sure. and I feel like the way he handled the breakup, the way he handled everything contradicted the entire person I got to know. Hmm. So that kind of defined how I dated after that because I really needed to protect myself after how I was pretty naive. I was 21 and I really was so open when we first got to know each other. I was so honestly capable of falling in love, letting love in and so on. And I feel like after our breakup, I just completely was, I wasn't done with dating because I continued to date, but I was kind of done with letting any person in. Very guarded. Super guarded. Why by by like why did that relationship end and what what was it about it that made it such a difficult breakup? Um it ended because there was a misunderstanding and he accused me of things that didn't actually happen. Mm-hmm. And I really suffered with that because I felt like he just complete it was the most dramatic, like almost movie type of breakup where he confronted me, he left at the time I was living in LA, he left LA. And he just never looked back and actually completely blocked me on all fronts. He blocked me on his phone. He wouldn't communicate with me for months. Um, we'd been together for two years and had a really solidified relationship. And then he completely walked out on it. So you got ghosted. I hate using that kind of terminology. I wouldn't say it was ghosted because he still communicated in and out. But he would only communicate with me if I admitted to things that didn't happen. Basically, long story short, I, I kissed someone before we were boyfriend and girlfriend. And he accused me of like infidelity and all these things. So like two years later, he caught wind that you yes. kind of dated someone before you Not dated. Not dated. I, that I kissed someone, kiss someone before we were boyfriend and girlfriend. 
So like while we're in the phase of like getting to know each other and it, the relationship moved really quickly. Sure. And he accused me of that and called me a cheater and all these names that I'd never had a guy like speak to me in that way or be accused of anything of that nature. So he kind of, I think, used that as an excuse to get out of the relationship, but mm. really dragged me through the mud about it. And since I was so at the time, I was pretty young and naive. I kind of allowed him to call me certain names and started to believe them. So I felt I had like a really low identity and self-worth after that relationship because he built me up so much while mm. we were dating. He showed me like the first levels of like integrity in a relationship. He really showed me like security. I never felt like jealous or uncomfortable with him from day one. He always made me feel like such a priority. And he was he was he was older, not older, older. He was like my age now. So I, I was really shell shocked by being accused of those things when I genuinely didn't think that was cheating. Sure. So. So you closed off a bit. Um, once you started to heal from that breakup, what were some things that you felt like you learned about yourself and relationships in general, as well as things that you wanted for yourself in relationships going forward? I learned that no matter what someone says to you or how they treat you and what they their idea of you is, you have to know who you are. And I think I didn't know who I was when I was 21 to even leading up until the show almost. I think it took like the pandemic to really get to know myself and actually have to be disconnected from reality for a period of time mm -hmm. to really look inwards. So I feel like if you actually know yourself, you know what you want in a partner and you know how to be a partner. So I think for a long time, I was trying to accommodate other people in relationships and trying to accommodate their ideas. Even if I was accused of something, I'd be like, yes, you're right. Because I was trying to like fulfill the relationship and fulfill that person versus knowing who I am, knowing what I, I always knew what I would stand for. And I would never like allow certain things and, and dynamics in a relationship based on how my parents are. But so I had like a very high standard for how I would date, but I didn't have a high standard like for myself as a person. And so kind of after the pandemic in, I guess, going into this, you've, things kind of shifted for you. And what made you feel like you were ready to take on this kind of crazy emotional torture? <laughs> I mean, that dating in New York is a crazy emotional torture. I, I, we hear that a lot. Yeah. Usually I'm probably dating someone that is also dating 30 other women. At least Zach was transparent about it. You know, <laughs> I got to say, I really, really appreciate it. Not to jump ahead uh, tonight with with. Uh, I was with Jesse or with Zach, but are you the first person and all of the bachelor historians out there, please let us know. But you called this experience an open relationship, which I have, I don't remember someone referring uh, to the show as that since I've been involved with the show and I really appreciated it. You know, you kind of naming and kind of giving it a very kind of 2023 kind of uh, review of what this experience is and that is very much a, a very open kind of polyamorous type of environment and what made you say that and yeah because i just really loved you calling it that and i feel like going forward you'll change the conversations with how people refer to the show i think it's important to be we're in a reality tv show but it's important to be as real as you can be so i think it's important to call things out like we are in an open relationship. I wanted to make sure that I said that actually because I committed to an open relationship. So the issue of what happened wasn't the fact that the person was open. It was the dishonesty. So I think the only way to survive these things is to be honest with yourself and your partner and to be open because you're in an open relationship. So if someone sleeps with someone else or something happens, that's not really downgrading our relationship. That's you exploring others that we've committed to. So my, I wanted to make it clear that my issue 
is the fact that I was never told that, not the issue of what happened, and that that also should be private. So he went outside of, when you're in an open relationship, the rules are set in place. And if the parameters change for that relationship, your partner needs to know. Because if you're already open, that's difficult in itself. So honesty is everything versus monogamy in that kind of a situation. Yeah, totally. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Now get 20% off every IQ Bar product plus free shipping when you text F-I-L-E-S, that's FILES, to 64000. We know a lot of you are busy out there. You're probably listening to the show, maybe walking to work or commuting on the go. And if you're a busy person like we all are, it's tough to try to eat right uh, while being busy, but not with IQ Bar. IQ Bar is a delicious Emphasize delicious snack that is also healthy for you. And there's not a lot of those options out there. So many snacks, bars, healthy bars, they all pretend to be healthy. And then you find out what's really in it. And it's just a bunch of crap or it tastes like crap, but not with IQ bar. IQ bar is the only bar optimized for your brain and body. It's packed with brain nutrients, plant protein, and fiber, all with next to no sugar or net carbs. Plus it's super clean label and Emphasis on delicious. Truly love them. Like so much protein, so little sugar. And also they're so, vegan, they're paleo, they're like gluten, soy, GMO free. So I like keeping them in my car because like they're always good for me. And then also like I'm not going to not give someone I'm riding with a snack. No more midday slumps. IQ Bar is a delicious crash free breakfast or afternoon snack that'll help you win your day. I, I, like Amanda, I just like having one just available in the glove compartment because like I, there's nothing worse than like being busy and having to go to a meeting and then like realizing you're just starving. Ever since I started eating IQ bars, like I never have to worry about that midday like hunger coming over me and then eating crap that just ruins my day and my energy. Now get 20% off all IQ bar products, plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text F-I-L-E-S, that's files to 64,000. Get your discount, text files, F-I-L-E-S to 64,000. That's files, F-I-L-E-S to 64,000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. Canva has a soft spot in our hearts. Amanda and I have been using Canva since even before we started working for Nick. I did the pro trial when I was preparing like the sample Instagram I used when I was applying for this job. And not only is Canva such a great tool, but Canva for Teams, I feel like has transformed this office. We're now working in office. It's Amanda, myself, Derek. We need to be collaborative. We want to be creative as a team. We don't want things to be lost in translation. We don't want to do work twice. And I feel like Canva for Teams has made it just an effortless process for everyone to be on the same page. Something that I really appreciate, like a feature, is they have, you can have a design kit where it's the colors that you tend to use for your logos. And so it's really nice because like, of course, we want our content to be cohesive. Like even for projects where like one person is handling it, there still want, needs to be that collaboration. So that way, like branding overall feels good. And so like the color block means that I can pick whichever one I need and know that it's going to match up with the other stuff on the grid. And you never want to produce content where it's very clearly obvious that, oh, Amanda did this. Oh, Derek did that. We want everything to just be one cohesive brand and no one will know who was the final one to press export. <clears throat> Canva for Teams is a design platform that makes it easy for everyone to create stunning content in any format from social media posts to videos, presentations and websites. The endless templates and premium fonts, photos, graphics, and videos add personality and edge to my team's content. Collaborate with Canva for Teams right now. You can get a free 45-day extended trial when you go to canva.me slash V-I-A-L-L. That is C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash V-I-A-L-L for a free 
45-day extended trial. Canva.me slash V-I-A-L-L. Do I want to go back in sequence or do we want to just dive in? I think we should dive in. You want to just dive in? (laughs) I really just here. We're here. Okay. Do what feels right. So I guess if you want to start with that whole week, we'll just do that. And then we'll go back and ask the get to know questions. Zach, I guess in his past two seasons of being the Bachelorette and the Bachelor has now kind of, he's become fairly infamous for his fantasy suite week experiences with Rachel. It's still kind of talked about in bachelor nation circles of, you know, what happened behind closed doors. There's still a lot of unanswered questions of like what changed. Obviously uh, we all know what happened this season with, you know, all three of you and and Zach, you know, sex week and Zach, you know, kind of just announcing for everyone that sex wasn't going to happen. If you're willing, we'd love for you to just, uh, and since you had a fantasy week experience with Zach, I'd love for you to kind of just kind of take us in to the fantasy suite week, fantasy suite, so to speak. <laughs> um, it's a very crazy experience, as you know. Uh, you go from being on the show for weeks, and you get very comfortable with cameras and producers, and it's a weird environment at first, but that you quickly acclimate to. And then all of a sudden, you're down to the final three, and you have this date, like a normal one-on-one, as you know, and then it gets late, and then you know it's going to happen, and it's just kind of this weird, holy shit, we're alone, and that's a really nutty feeling in that world, and I'm curious, like, how did that start? Like, what was, who spoke first, and what did Zach, if anything, you know, how did that conversation go, and what did he say, if anything, to kind of start the, the vibe of the rest of the evening? He he spoke first. Okay. He kind of set the precedent for the whole week and the whole evening, which is also what I had a problem with because throughout the entirety of our relationship, he's making me feel like an individual. So the difficulty of da- being dating someone that's dating 30 other people is that is to feel like an individual. And he made such a point of making me feel that way in our one-on-one in different moments. I I never felt like there was anything but us, obviously knowing there were other people in the mix. But when it was us two, it wasn't about anyone else's relationship. And in doing so, in saying, for this week, I'm not going to sleep with anyone. I'm not going to do those types of things. And starting the f- full conversation at dinner off that way, mm-hmm. I just didn't appreciate that we're now more in a collective situation in how we approach our own relationship. And yeah. also, we're not having a conversation. It's a monologue, not a dialogue. So I, I had the same intentions as Zach that week. I personally was not ready for intimacy in that setting. So, and I felt like I, if I'm in an open relationship and I know the other person could be with someone else the next night, they're entitled to do that in my opinion. It's not for me to say yes or no, but I'm personally not going to do that in my own like experiences. So I really didn't like that he started the entire date off that way. And he started the whole night off like predicated on sex versus us having a private conversation, being off camera, enjoying that time, seeing even what happened. I don't like when you set a standard for how a night should go or a date should go. I think you set yourself at a deficit that way. Sure. Yeah, totally. So when the camera producers leave, cameras go, how did he start off that conversation? Now that you guys are alone, you have the entire night to yourselves. And he kind of had this probably surprisingly an awkward conversation with you. Like what were, what were the, what was that first conversation like between the two of you? Well, because we had that whole conversation on camera, we really started everything in the fantasy suite, like very, I hate calling it that. Let's, let's call it overnight. Fantasy suite is very antiquated and creepy. Um, I I feel like we started just talking. We talked about his past experiences. We talked about things that he had 
issues with in previous overnights. We talked about basically everything under the sun until the sun went up. So that's what that whole date was about for us. We didn't really like talk about sex or have to talk about anything of that nature because this is the only time we're off camera to get to know each other before a potential engagement. So I wanted to maximize that time on actually speaking about things that we've endured that we haven't gotten to on these short dates. Did you get any insight between what happened between him and Rachel? Um, <laughs> yes. Okay. Can you share? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, what, what did you learn about Zach uh, during overnights? A lot. I feel like we honestly cackled a lot. We had so many laughs and it was really nice to talk to someone about the entire experience. Because there's so many moments, right? You have 30 minutes to talk to someone. You have to tell them about who you are as a person, your entire life. Initially, it's actually 15 minutes. Then it gets to 30, then 45. You have such limited time. So I feel like I really wanted to, for once, not have to say everything about myself in a short period, but actually talk about the experience, how he was feeling, what's going on with him, what this whole like crazy process feels like off camera, and, and have a more... Obviously, we had the most authentic conversations on camera, but when you're off camera, it just feels more lighthearted, like you can kind of breathe in a way. Mm -hmm. Even if you're always authentically being yourself, it's nice to talk about how weird everything is and address kind of how strange this process is to get to know someone. Was there any surprising moments? Did you guys actually sleep or did you just talk through the night? Like, we talked through the whole night. Talked through the whole night. We actually did not sleep at all. We fell asleep in the last probably like 10 minutes. Okay. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Right. Um, and then the next day, um, how was that feeling? Like, for example, like Gabby tonight, was very clear that she at some point felt a shift, you know, and accused Zach of knowing long before he told uh, Gabby. How did you feel the next day? Were you feeling confident? Were you feeling, you know, did you, did you, were you aware of how strong his connections were with Gabby and Katie? And, or, and yeah, kind of, where did you kind of, yeah, how did you see yourself down to final three? Did you feel like the, the, the second runner up then or, you know, where were you? It's funny because throughout the entire experience, you're always surrounded by the women. This was the only time we were actually separated. Like starting from hometowns onwards, you're separate. So I forgot that the other women kind of existed in this weird way. I knew he was going on to his next date and that was happening. But that awareness was kind of superseded with our dynamic. So beforehand, I always felt like I was aware of what was happening, how relationships were progressing because people in the house talk. You hear about every date after it happens. This is the first time I was alone. So all I could think about was our date versus what could possibly be happening with like Gabby and Katie as much. Because I felt like we did have such a great night. We did have such a great time. There, there wasn't this like pressure for intimacy, which I wish, again, we had a conversation about. But that it was nice for me personally to have that off the table so we could talk. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I just forgot that he really had other strong relationships and then when I was standing up there at the rose ceremony, it kind of all like, came back to me because okay. I remembered the women. I remembered what I'm even doing. You're, you're so caught up in the moment and caught up in the situation that you forget the whole structure of what you're in because you have such a nice time with someone. You have such like an amazing night. You have such an amazing experience. And I was also the first date. And then I had the whole week in Thailand to think about us, not to think about the other women. So okay. standing up there, I, it all came to me. And the way he like approached the rose ceremony and the way he was speaking, that is the time I really had the awareness of the other women and that something transpired versus like being so elated and excited with our relationship sure. progressing. Did you, when he at the rose ceremony talked about mistakes were made, 
uh, what were, what was going on in your head? I mean, it's that meme of someone doing math. Yeah. E equals MC squared. Did you think he potentially had sex with one of the other women? Yeah. I feel like the female intuition is so strong. It's potent. Sure. <laughs> so it's palpable. So I, I just knew something like that happened. I knew it had nothing to do with me. He also wasn't making eye contact. And he wouldn't look at me for the first row ceremony I'd, I'd ever experienced, except for maybe in the beginning, um, where there was just very minimal eye contact, if any at all. And I knew between that and between the, the his words and what he exactly said, that something had happened where he went against his word or went against his, he said, head and heart and used all this terminology. So I felt like something had happened where he'd gone against either something that he said about how he was starting the week or some sort of bigger drama happened that I couldn't pinpoint. But I knew something happened between the women that would create a really dramatic situation. And did you suspect that at that point you might be going home or were you still unsure? I, I knew I knew when he wouldn't look at me and then when he gave that speech that I was most likely going home. How, how did, I mean, it seemed sad, but you didn't seem like devastated. I remember when I was my first experience, and I was fairly heartbroken, but I also remember right before I got heartbroken, I was, I had this kind of like, maybe this is for the best. I knew I had these crazy strong feelings, but I was self-aware enough to know that like, you know, the, the environment I was in might be playing a role. And so it was like, I, I just was, I knew that when I left that environment, my feelings could change. Like, what was your kind of mindset versus just, you know, I'm going to go for it. I'm just going to immerse myself in this kind of pressure cooker of an environment that's designed to maximize uh, the most amount of feelings versus, and you seem like a very level-headed, like, you know, thoughtful person who's, you know, had some experiences with heartbreak. So what was your ability to uh, think about the outside world all while falling in love in this kind of crazy environment? You forget about the outside world and it's not the environment that simulates the relationship. It's the fact that you just don't have any distractions. You just have your gut to focus on. So my gut was saying such good things versus being clouded by anything else. Like you don't have your friends. You don't have your family. You don't have a phone. So you can't vent to anyone. And it's funny, the environment actually let me really be myself versus dating experiences I'd had. So I didn't feel like I was sucked into the romantic elements of it because our dates were pretty like funny and pretty real. They weren't like us on some sort of like un unreal situation that you would never picture yourself in. Like going to the night market was so beautiful and we were in such beautiful environments. But I, I could see myself doing that, going to a night market, eating food, doing things like that. Even the, the nudist date was very funny and comical. So I felt like we could have a laugh. I feel like our dates tested each other versus creating this like fake environment and fake person in front of me in a way. Hmm. So I feel like what hit me when I was saying goodbye was I, I was really shocked. When I'm shocked, I, I don't quickly cry or do anything like that. I'm a very actually emotional person, which I feel like people don't understand. So my friends laugh at this at home. But I also don't really believe in saying what you are. You just believe in being it. But I cried when I got to my hotel room because I realized what had happened. I think when you're being broken up with and when I, whenever I've been broken up with and it hasn't it's been pretty equitable twice and twice. Um, but whenever I've been broken up with, I don't get emotional. I don't cry in front of that person. I cry after because I feel like it's like message delivered. I understand that you're now leaving this relationship. I'm not going to fight for you and you've made a decision. I'm not going to fight against that. So if anything, I'll give the relationship grace. I'll tell you like my final words and what I actually think about you. 
I want to make sure I'm respectful. And then afterwards, when I can break down and really cry and really give those emotions, because sometimes I feel like when you cry so much in a breakup and you do those types of things, it makes it much harder on the other person to deal with the breakup as well. So very empathetic of you. I'm not that empathetic, honestly, pretty selfish in many ways. But it's not about empathy. It's just how I handle things. And I, I, I cry a lot more in private and in situations where I don't feel like I'm crying onto the person or making them feel worse about something that they already have to do. Like, I've always been like that. My first breakup, I was so devastated. I even did the dramatic fall on the floor to your knees and cry <laughs> against a wall type of situation. I always think go. I'm in a movie We've when I'm by there. myself. Yeah. Yeah. Even if I'm on camera, I'm not acting like it. But I, yeah, everyone does like the fall against the wall and then you're on your knees. But I, I just have never really cried to someone in a breakup. I've cried after. I've cried maybe on the phone. We're talking about things or seeing each other again. But that's not really the way I communicate or show my emotions. So it wasn't that I was relieved or was happy and realized, okay, we're not meant for each other. That came much later on. In that moment, I was just shocked because I genuinely thought we had such a great time in fantasy. In, sorry, overnight. Ugh, I, they make you say it. Um, I felt like we had such a great yeah, time. We've been, we've been programmed. <laughs> yeah. I almost felt deluded to the fact that I knew beforehand how much his other relationships were progressing. So I was just so shocked because I felt like, okay, this makes sense. But I'd kind of forgotten everything. I mean, I think that's great that you're able to do that. I mean, I just think it's really unique. And I'm, you know, your ability to kind of compartmentalize and focus on your relationship and be present in your relationship. I, I wasn't able to do that. I think a lot of other people who go through this experience worry a lot about the other relationships, especially when it gets down to three or four. What is your secret sauce, so to speak, in terms of focusing on the present and, and not distracting yourself because I get that they separate the women, but I don't think a lot of people have a very similar experience like that. And I think it's really awesome that you can do that because um, my guess is your ability to do that just in life allows you to focus your energy on the things that matter most rather than wasting your energy on things that you have no control over. The show also didn't allow me to fall into bad patterns of behavior. So I feel like the only way to actually get to know Zach, to get to have him get to know me, was not to get in my own way. So becoming jealous, becoming nervous about other relationships would only prevent me from being myself and being around him. I honestly was watching and noticing how everyone's relationship all the time ended or came to a close, not because that relationship wasn't doing well, but because the person got in their own head. So by being surrounded by the women the entire time, Initially, I learned from honestly a lot of people's mistakes and what they also did to get in, in their just own footing. So I wanted to make sure I wasn't doing that because I've spent my entire life getting in my own way, self-sabotaging, doing all these things. And I felt like the environment actually took that ability away. It's very weird, but it actually worked counterintuitively. Yeah. Were you prepared to accept a proposal from Zach? It was really hard for me to be prepared to accept that when I kind of was getting a feeling that my family was really not on board. And when we had spoken in the fantasy suites, it really sounded like the conversations he had with my parents were not the smoothest and with my brother in particular. And I don't base my life off of my family at all. I, they, they're not like the arbiters of my relationships or who I end up with, but it's important for someone to fit into my family and to fit into my world and life. And I feel like a lot of things... In the fantasy suite, I started to notice a few 
differences in how that hometown went down that I hadn't actually seen when we were there. Well, did you and Zach at all during overnights talk about the future? Or... Yeah, we did. You did. And did you guys talk about the possibility of ending up together? Yeah, plenty. And... I think I think the term engagement was was definitely mentioned and we had spoken about a bunch of things like that. Okay. Did you go through like the logistical elements of like, would we move to be with one another? Like kind of when you spoke about the future, like what did that look like in terms of like tangible conversation items? I, from the beginning, said that I would move anywhere for a partner. So I feel like I made that clear because it's just true. I would live in Nicaragua or honestly Antarctica with a with a partner if I felt like they were worth moving for. I feel like I can uproot my life and I've done it many times. So I'm not so tied to any city or any place. Like I was so happy to leave New York if I if I wanted to. I was so happy to potentially live in Austin or anywhere we both chose to live. So that was like an easy conversation from like much earlier on. Drizzly is one of my favorite things to talk about because one thing about me, I like to have a fun you, beverage. They should hire you to be the poster Two, person I of love their to have things yeah. delivered. It is my two favorite things at the same time because I like to have signature cocktails. I you am really an do. event planner and everything you has really to are. have a specific cocktail and I never want the same thing twice. These are all very true things. And every in, every cocktail has very specific ingredients and I don't want to have to go store to store to store and spend my whole Ugh, day trying to find these the specific ingredients. I want to know that they have it. I want to know it's the brand I like and I want it to show up at my door while I'm inflating balloons. Drizzly is literally like if you took every single liquor store in your area and combined it into one huge marketplace, like that is the selection you get to choose from. You can price match so that way you're getting something that's oh. the most affordable and you're saving a trip to the store. It is just the ultimate form of convenience. Whether it's a, a day night that you're just like really feeling the vibe or maybe it's a rainy day the weather's not great and you don't want to leave the house or, or you're at a party where the vibe is going drizzly is always there to make sure that whatever mood that you're in does not have to be paused stopped or interrupted because drizzly has you covered drizzly is the most convenient way to buy beer wine and spirits with delivery to your doorstep in under 60 minutes drizzly is the number one app for alcohol delivery download the drizzly app today or go to drizzly.com that's d-r-i-z-l-y dot com amanda hmm? when you think of italy what do you think of so i lived in italy and i remember specifically i it was this big shock of being like oh my god the stores here are nicer like all of the brands that you know in the u.s like the italian versions are like classed up they're higher quality materials and there were all these ones i'd never heard before truth thing one of those is intimissimi i to this day hope I'm saying it right. But <laughs> Don't we say, all. Americans can get lost in the syllables, but you know, it doesn't get lost. Feeling great about yourself. I have a bra from there that is like this gorgeous floral print and Ooh. it's just like a silk material that just feels like so nice. And you know, when you're wearing lingerie, when you're wearing bathing suits, whatever it is, like you want to feel classy and elegant and like you're wearing something high quality. Intimacy Me recently partnered up with Jennifer Lopez. So if you want to look and feel like J-Lo when you're shopping for your next lingerie set, you might want to check out Intimacy Me. I know ultimately we're just going to take it off, but like it is money well spent for all the people listening to the show who want to like, how do I spice it up with uh, in the bedroom? It's amazing. How lingerie just go, it goes a long way. And if you want something with gorgeous fabrics, colorful silks, delicate lace, like you want something that's high quality and you can whip out and it feels special every single time. And you'll time. be like, babe, it's Italian. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to follow our lead, if you want to look and feel Italian, if you want to live your best life, you can find Intimissimi online. 
You can go to intimissimi.com slash JLo. Again, if you want to learn more, if you want to have a little shopping spree, you can find them online at intimissimi.com. That is intimissimi.com slash JLo. I love how tonight during uh, AFR, uh, when confronting Zach, you, you talked about uh, how he took away your agency. And it made me go back and I was asking Ellie and Amanda, because my first thought was like, you know, I get what she's saying. But then I was like, well, how did Zach, how did he first tell you there's no sex? You know, because the first thought was like, well, I mean, Zach has a right to like not want to have sex, right? Like, but then we were reminded that he said sex is off the table, you know, as opposed to, I'm assuming what you were hoping for was Zach to, I mean, I don't, I don't know why he decided to have that conversation on camera, but whatever, even if he was going to do that, um, it sounds like you would have appreciated a conversation and went more something like, Hey, listen, I know this is overnights. I know there's often a, an expectation of sex. I'm not particularly comfortable with that. And I would hope that I hope that we can use this time to have a lot of great conversations, get to know each other. I'd love to know how you feel, yada, yada, yada. And I love how you were able to articulate that on live TV, that it wasn't so much about that he didn't have the right to not want to do that, but that he stole that ability to have that conversation with and connect on a kind of relationship and, and uh, as an equal, on an equal footing. And um, yeah, I just really thought that was great. And have any, if you have any additional thoughts to that. Yeah, just an, if we're supposed to approach any situation as a couple, right, we're, we're potentially so close to engagement, all these things. I, I feel like it's very frustrating when someone takes away your ability to even have a fluid conversation. I don't like when people just come to you with an idea and you're not having dialogue. It's just frustrating to also feel like you're having the same conversation with all the other women. And it is even more frustrating as a woman when I'm not part of that conversation and we're not having a back and forth of how we feel about this. And I also felt like that should be private. I think there should be so much privacy and intimacy when it comes to this kind of setting and in general. And I think that there should be discretion. So I think it should be left to interpretation if anything happened or anything of that nature. Even said that, I don't know. I, I just don't like the way he handled any of that. And I don't like the way he handled the conversation. And it frustrated me to feel like, okay, I am on the same page as you, but why are we doing this now in the dinner portion when we're still kind of getting to know each other? Yeah. Uh, it felt like a waste of that dinner. Totally. I couldn't agree more about how he decided to approach that week and set the expectation with you. Um, but you also tonight, you know, voiced frustration that once he made the mistake he made, that you would have liked to have known. You, as you mentioned, you're in this open relationship. And as you said earlier, the expectation was that you have equal right to information as, as the other women, which totally makes sense. Now, when we were discussing this last week, I actually said, we had, we had, we discussed this. I was like, I don't know if he owes, uh, Ariel, I'm in my head, Ariel, Ariel, um, (laughs) an apology. And it wasn't because I didn't think he did you dirty. It was more like, he's already kind of fucked. And it was like, be careful. (laughs) And I thought it's just like, all right, like I'm going off the assumption that whether he told you or not, that once his, certainly once his gate with date with Gabby happened, that, he probably had decided that you were going home. So I'm asking you, if, based on that assumption that he did this thing with Gabby and he had decided, all right, Gabby, I have my date with Katie. 
it was very clear that he was trying to protect his relationship with Katie above all. And now we know that he's with her. And so that makes a lot of sense. What would you have liked Zach to do after his night with Gabby? And how would you have appreciated him handling it? Well, two things. He actually mentioned that to, to Jesse that he was going to tell me. So that makes him not a man of his word twice. And although he might have known he was sending me home, I'm not going to speculate when that was or when he made that decision. But regardless of me potentially going home and that relationship ending, it doesn't mean you don't show that relationship respect with honesty. So even if you know something's closing and a chapter's ending, doesn't mean you should change the way you're acting in that dynamic. So I was still owed an honest conversation. I was still owed the reason why he even released the information saying what happened with Gabby, which I also felt like was wrong. I think that was private. Sure. He shouldn't have said that. And he should have run it by Gabby before he decided to tell anyone privately. He should have told Katie privately. He should have told me privately. So it, the way everything was handled frustrates me. But on top of that, I feel like I was owed just that honesty. So regardless of him sending me home, that doesn't mean that respect just dissipates because he's decided that he's, we're, we're no longer in a relationship. Regardless of what happened, you would have appreciated him just privately yes. saying, hey, listen, I know I set this expectation, but I ended up sleeping with Gabby and I thought you should know. But if he was going to send you home, would you have had, rather have him just send you home and giving you uh, uh, the courtesy of a more intimate goodbye rather than taking you to a rose ceremony, which always, to me as a bachelor, felt very disingenuous? But you would have still liked him to still have told you? Because I, I guess I wonder, you know, I've been pretty hard on Zach this season. And as much as I know he's stepped in it, it's like, I'm thinking that almost would have come across like Clayton's season where like his big criticism of Bachelor Nation was stop fucking telling everyone you love them and stop telling everyone you had sex with them. It's like, it, it seems almost mean at this point, kind of rubbing this in. So I guess it's more like, well, I totally get what you're saying. I, I guess I understand why Zach did what he did after he fucked up. Cause it was like, does she want me to say it or not? But you, either way, you would have liked a more of a private conversation. Yeah. Either way. I feel like he has a full week to tell me that information it doesn't have to be at the rose ceremony. And yeah. also I don't know how it works for people or for him. And I'm not going to say when he decided that I wasn't going to be the person he takes that next step with. Yeah. I don't know if that was directly after our date. I don't know if that was made halfway through the week after his other dates. I don't know. So either way, the second that that happened with Gabby, I should have known right then and there versus waiting any further. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like not, I know how he should have handled it. I feel like. how I feel in, in, you make a lot of sense. So based on what you're saying, I, yeah. He, okay. He has his overnight with Gabby. He realizes the expectation he set with you has changed. And, and so it would have made sense for him to come to you and say, Hey, listen, um, I want to be upfront with you. I had a night with Gabby. Things have changed. And I, and allowed you to ask more questions, which Zach didn't seem particularly awesome at doing, but allow you to ask questions so that he could like decide whether, how much information did you want to know? Because you could have been like, oh, thanks for letting me know that things changed. Am I going home or what happened? And he could give you the opportunity to let him know how much information you were interested or willing to hear. Yeah, also that conversation should have happened with Gabby first and foremost. Like if, if you have physical intimacy with someone, that is your, both of your private information that should not be shared until you ask the person and, and run that by them yeah. and so on. And yes, we're all in open relationships. So that honesty has to be there as well with, with Katie and I. But I feel like it was very disrespectful to do that to Gabby as well. 
and to do it publicly twice and also not to give Katie the opportunity to think and digest and respond to do that publicly as well. So everyone kind of lost that week, particularly, honestly, Zach from the way he handled it. I know he has remorse and I I definitely forgive him for everything that happened and appreciate the way he spoke to me tonight. I feel like I got the closure that I needed. Um, And I, I, I feel it must be very difficult to have to handle those dynamics and situations as well. So I can't imagine how it feels from his end, but there are such better ways to handle it. What did you think about the fact that Gabby said tonight? Oh, yeah. After our one-on-one, when we were doing our overnight date, I was brushing my teeth and you came up and you said, this stays between us. Obviously, you've talked about it. He's now twice not lived up to his word. Sounds like it's now a third time. How does he get around that of telling her in that intimate moment, this stays between us. And then the next time she sees him, there's cameras in her face and he's wanting to talk about it on the show. I mean, I thought that was awful to watch as a woman because I feel like we've all been in positions where we've had physical intimacy with a guy and have felt betrayed in how they relate to information, either to their friends, to your friends, anything publicly. I feel like that really, particularly for a woman, there just is a gender difference in that. It does hurt more because people will use negative terminology towards women that are in physically intimate situations versus men. Mm -hmm. There just is that divide. So I feel like to do that to someone, to have that moment with them, to make them feel bad about it and then also to reveal that information without their knowledge is just so awful to watch back so i i feel like i forget the question honestly um no just basically like how yeah. you felt about the fact that not only did they have this intimate moment and you could say like oh maybe she thought it would stay between them we learned tonight that he fully told her it would stay between yeah them. it's yeah. almost like we were all into the impression that zach kind of just took up it upon himself to decide which is we all i kind of agree with was not great but extra shitty it sounds like that mm-hmm. regardless of what she was okay with or not they he set the expectation with her that he wouldn't say anything yeah. and then blindsided her and then blindsided her that so feels it's like, like many layers of dishonesty yeah well it's just another example of not being a man of his word yeah i'm curious when you saw like the first trailer for the season and it kind of alluded to this kind of like sex week and also like you know it was an act of love all of that stuff did you have the instinct to reach out to katie or gabby and see what had happened, especially knowing that at the rose ceremony, he'd said the thing about the head and the heart and it had in your gut. You knew something was off. Like, did you ever think about seeking information through like the people that you'd become so close with? Yeah, because you mentioned, I think, was it tonight or earlier that you found out about all this? Well, during fantasy suite week. So, yeah, to Amanda's question, did your kind of like uh, spidey, spidey senses, senses. <laughs> kind of go off being like, wait, what? I thought, you know, that line of it was an act of love and not lust or whatever like did you wonder if maybe something went on for sure but i also think it's up to the women to come to me and tell me that information versus me to ask i feel like you you could be as curious as you want to be but knowing that you're not involved in that i feel like it's better to give people space and time i think after being in the show it takes a really long time to heal and process and then to reach out to the other women and then to feel like you can talk about what happened and i feel like a lot of information actually came to light for all of us in watching it back versus what we experience. So I feel like none of us knew the full scope of information until we saw that episode. And that's the most unfortunate part. Yeah, it's a bummer. Uh, having dated Zach uh, and been in this kind of bizarre relationship, uh, what is something, 
that uh, you, you know, even hard on, but what's something you appreciate about Zach? And then what's something as, I guess, I use the term lightly, an ex of Zach, what's a, some constructive criticism, if you got to run into him, that you would offer him to be, you know, a better partner in, in future relationships or his relationship with Katie? What would, what would be something you would like him to work on? Um, I have a lot of compliments to give him. I think he allowed me to be open again for the first time in three years. I haven't introduced anyone to my family like that in so long. I feel like he allowed me to just be as inappropriate with my humor, as open, and I hate the term vulnerable now, I, I can't even say it, but I really was very vulnerable with him. I was able to have really deep conversations and really able to show every facet of my personality without judgment. So I appreciate for making for him making me feel so, so comfortable going into such a difficult environment like this and also feeling up until that moment fantasy suites and I don't want to degrade our relationship to being that one week because there's so much more outside of that but I'm so grateful to him in so many ways and I think my critique would be for him to listen more and think more before I think he really wants to be noble and I think he really want he really is a great guy like he's genuinely so kind and so earnest. I think he wants to make a lot of other people happy, but in trying to do so and trying to please everyone, he ends up pleasing no one. Yeah. So I think it's important for him to also it takes time. Again, like I said, he he's 26 years old. I think he has some growing up to do and some things to learn. Um and he will. And I think this experience will take him to a place where he needs to be as a partner because I think he has learned from all of the information that Gabby, Katie, and I have said. Yeah. And I also feel like this, you learn from experience and I think this experience brought him to a totally different place. But I guess my, my main piece of advice would be to really think before you act. I was critical of Zach this season of, he seemed to just have a lack of empathy almost. It was, and not because he didn't care. I like to your point, it seemed like he generally wanted to have the women have a nice experience. It seemed like he genuinely cared about their feelings. He just seemed to just lack the ability to put himself in other people's shoes when they were expressing an insecurity or a fear. And he almost, at least it read that he was more frustrated um, than not. Did you have a similar experience in kind of real time with Zach or... Or is that just maybe, you know, music and us watching the show and just like what what's live doesn't necessarily always translate to the television? I didn't, but I think he sympathizes versus empathizing, again, based on experience. I feel like he hasn't had a lot of these experiences, and I think that it was hard for him to relate to a lot of the experiences the women had, even in my own. And I think sometimes you don't need to relate. So I feel like people are expecting him to have all this empathy and understanding and all these things. And I think he did a lot of the time. I think he just couldn't put himself in the women's shoes. And I guess that read on his face versus in his actions. Yeah. Uh, you three women kind of, it was noticed uh, during fantasy overnights uh, that you posted the same picture with the same caption. How did that come to pass? Never doubt the power of three women. <laughs> um, I think it was important to show solidarity amongst all the women. I think that we have such a strong bond. And despite everything that happened, we stand with each other. I really didn't like the way that sex became the entire conversation. Um, I really hated everything that was kind of put out about sex and anticipation and intimacy. I, I hated like the the way that a lot of the women were portrayed in a way. I think it's difficult as a woman to to seem like almost this temptress or something of that nature, right? 
Um, and, and that week really downgraded our relationships for like a sex sells approach, which I didn't like. So that, that post of all of us posting the same thing with the hearts and solidarity was to combat that in a way and to just show that no matter what storm has kind of weathered us, we are all still friends. We all still support each other. And it was just a way of, of really making everyone, everyone had a very different experience with overnights. They had their own personal tragedy in that. So it was a way of us all saying, we recognize what every girl has experienced and woman rather. Um, and we're here for each other. Whose initial idea was that? Can't say. Did you coordinate dresses? Because it was very cohesive and no. I was wondering. Wow. I, that was the only dress I bought on the fly. Okay, so, so that was one of the Thailand? most coordinated rose ceremony outfits across the board. There's always no someone idea. who's like has a short or like slightly different dress than the rest because how do you not like you're not going to coordinate. You have to pack everything up. But it was Dumb a beautiful yeah. jewel toned. I, I had no idea. I completely ran out of outfits by that point. So I was grasping at straws for a final outfit. And that was the last one I had left. My question is, I feel like something we've critiqued Zach on this season is a lack of follow up questions. And a lot of the times when people come to him on one-on-one dates and they share something, it's, I'm so sorry you've dealt with that, but there's no follow-ups of, you know, how is this relationship different? How can I help you? How have you grown from this experience? Was that edited out or was that not happening? Well, I wasn't privy to a lot of those conversations, Mm -hmm. so I can't say. But to be fair, if you're in a conversation with someone, imagine that being recorded. It's very hard to to say all the right things and do all the right things and give that perfect response because he's not a therapist. He doesn't know how to deal with this caliber of different trauma and also this caliber of just different life experience. So I think although you you carry the weight on your shoulders of being the bachelor and have to be supportive to all 30 women, it's very hard to show continuous empathy also for people that the relationship isn't progressing with. So I, I feel like you said that earlier, like it's very hard to kind of fake it with certain people or fake or even like you're having really intensified from what I've seen back conversations from the first week mm-hmm. where if you have a one on one the first week, you're, you're propelled to say all these things of your past traumas. And that's really hard to take on when you don't know someone. It's really also hard to say the wrong thing back. So sometimes it's better to be quiet and listen versus having a follow up, because if you misstep, you are potentially hurting someone more. And I think it's a lot of pressure to put on Zach or anyone in this position, even even a like, a, I don't know what the terminology is, even a participant mm-hmm. like me to know how to handle those dynamics all the time, because I don't always have the right answer. And I always I mean, I always use humor. So I feel like if someone's having a really bad day or really can I can I swear? Yeah. Fucked yes, up situation. Cunt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so if someone's having a really fucked up situation, I don't always have the best answer. And I think expecting that of anyone, even someone with multiple accolades and degrees is is just unfair you're very gracious Um, i'm really not i just i just can't imagine sitting there when someone that i'm potentially not a hundred percent with right that i'm still getting to know it's like when you're on a date with someone that you just don't but you you make a good point You're, you're very your your ability having gone through this but you haven't you haven't been the lead you know but you seem very good at putting yourself in Zach's shoes in shoes that you haven't even been in. And that's a, that's a rare quality and it's, it's a fair assessment, you know, and, and I've even been hard on Zach, you know, we recap the show. So we have to critique things, but 
yeah, it's, it is a very tough position to be in and you're having 17 conversations a night early on, which is like, you're just like, <laughs> also, what am I supposed it, to say? It must be really hard to be doing this alone. Like you're one person, all the women as difficult as it is to hear about dates and hear about all these things, have each other to vent to, to talk about their feelings with, to empathize with and, and really fix how they're feeling in many different moments. You have 30 different potential friends. Obviously yeah. not everyone's going to be friends and you figure out who the people you're the closest to are. But Zach technically has no one. So Other than producers. Yeah. yeah, but that's a hard dynamic, right? So yes, it's a weird dynamic. Yeah, it doesn't always initially feel like a friend and their trust isn't built until over time. So I feel like you develop a closer bond with the women sometimes than people kind of off camera initially. Totally. Uh, I'm curious if you could indulge us for this topic a little uh, a left field, but uh, the cat and Brooklyn drama uh, of which you were slightly involved in, but you had a more pragmatic kind of uh, response to it. But I was very hard team cat just because I felt I was just like, listen, she's going for what she wants. Like this is about relationships. I didn't get a sense from cat that she was trying to be rude, that she was just trying to seize the moment. And even at the risk of ruffling some feathers, um, I was okay with it. I don't like how Brooklyn, well, I understand why she was upset. I didn't like how she handled it, but you were kind of more, at least it came across as more, you understood Brooklyn's point of view a little bit more than Kat's. And I was wondering if you could shed some light having been there of what that experience was like for you. I did not like the way Kat handled the situation. I understand you should be selfish. I understand you should be pursuant of that relationship. But right before someone goes on a date, that date was canceled and suspended because of COVID. And imagine how Charity's feeling. She finally has her moment and that moment is pulled away. And then there was also a kiss. Right. So that just there's there's a way to go about things. And there's a, there's a way to be selfish. There's a way even right. Katie giving the basket to Zach, finding a way to show your partner that you care about them and that you're setting yourself apart from the other women in a way in doing so without actually stepping on someone's toes to that extent. And I also don't think Kat had malicious intentions in doing so. She's not a malicious person. She felt so guilty about it after. And truly, there, there was a like cognitive dissonance in the way of her action versus the way she felt about it after. So it was hard to watch because I also, in, in the case of Brooklyn, I feel like Brooklyn's protecting her friend. She's standing up for her friend who feels like her friend can't stand up for herself sometimes in a way because Charity had been wronged by not getting the date twice. And she... Brooklyn was like, I'm going to stand up for charity because right now Charity's focusing on her date. I didn't like the way that Brooklyn spoke to another woman or to another person. You never get your message across if you're insulting someone, calling them names or saying anything like that. Like you lose if you speak that way. Mm -hmm. So Brooklyn could have complete validity and volition to, to, to say what she wanted to, to Kat on, on Charity's behalf, which also is kind of an overstep in some ways because it should be Charity fighting that battle. But I get defending your friend because I get like that too. It always bites me in the butt and I always lose. They're, they always become friends and I'm out there being like, why did sure. I fight you? Um, so I've always been like that person. But so I, I relate to Brooklyn, but you can never speak to another person that way. So I really didn't like how Brooklyn was name calling, saying all those things because she kind of lost her own footing in that. So I feel like it was a lot of different wrongs. And again, there's no right way to handle these situations. We're all learning as we go. No one's ever been in this environment before. And no one's ever felt this like intensified emotions in such seed stages of a relationship. So I think everyone was kind of wrong in a way. And I think 
everyone didn't like handle themselves the best way. So I, I just I feel like also when you're in a group setting to call someone out like that and single someone out and have everyone agree, it really I hate dynamics like that. I hate like one person being singled out and 10 people against them. Yeah. So I felt like I had to kind of stop that dynamic because then Kat will shut down and she actually won't listen to what she did wrong. She'll be the victim and she'll feel defensive and be on the offensive. Yeah. I mean, because I always say that, you know, there's only there's only one bully uh, in Bachelor Nation and it's the house and it's usually majority rules because I think usually in that environment, we're it's a very unrealistic setting as you've pointed out many times in this conversation, it's not realistic. You don't know how to act in these, you know, you don't know what you're really signed up for until you're there. You know, despite like, you know, you can, you can watch as many seasons as you want, but until you're there, you don't know what it's like. And yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you're, you know, you're just trying to do your best. You're trying to do your best version of what you think it is. You're often not getting good advice. And so I just really always have a hard time with, uh, the house ganging up on any one person for things that ultimately are just trivial. Like no one's committing any crimes here. Like they're just doing their best version of what they think they should do to advance a relationship with very limited time. Yeah, I don't think it has to be a crime to call out something that's wrong. It doesn't have to be like a high misdemeanor yeah. to, to call it a bad action. Um, I also think that in our situation in the house, we did have like a pretty honestly high level of like camaraderie. I hate that word, but we were we were pretty civil to one another. Yeah, there wasn't pretty, a lot of drama. No, I mean, and it was wasn't. Lo- it didn't turn moment. into an all of yeah. us against cat situation at all. I think we all just kind of gave her. Re- Honestly, people weren't contributing that much in that setting. It just started to spiral. Gotcha. So it didn't continue on after that. It wasn't like okay, now cat is on the out, or now Brooklyn's on the out. It wasn't a situation like that, and there was no situation that happened in perpetuity like that. Curious for you, I think so many people think of The Bachelor as a very Christian franchise. And though, of course, there have been like Jewish contestants in the past. And I just realized that Andy was also like a lead was Jewish. Um, but I, as a Jewish woman, it was really exciting to see someone kind of like name that on screen. And I'm curious, like what your experience was like um, and if that felt like the kind of like the Christian stereotype of The Bachelor, like felt present for you or just like in general, how your identity kind of informed your experience, if at all. Yeah, it definitely did. Um, I I think that that was very important for me to say. I think there have been Jewish contestants in the past, but no one's been very outspoken about that. Yeah, it's like hush and, hush. <laughs> yeah, honestly, not necessarily out of the, the show's volition, but more so maybe out of their own or it just didn't fit like into, I'm sure, like so many other things that happened. So that conversation wasn't brought to light, but I felt like it was very important for me in hometowns. After thinking about it a lot and after kind of debating how I wanted to relay the information, I really want to speak about Judaism and speak about my family dynamic and in particular also about being first generation. I think it's very important for me to, I feel like that defines my entire life and the way my parents raised me and my parents' really difficult experience with anti-Semitism in with what they had in the Soviet Union. So that to me goes kind of hand in hand. And I felt like Zach couldn't meet my family and he couldn't really get to that next phase of dating unless he knew that information. I also think it's important to point out too, while most things in this environment are very pre-planned and staged when it comes to dates, when it comes to hometowns, the contestants have a decent amount of say in what they do for their daytime activities. So it seems like that was something that, you know, you made a, a part of the date and was a conscious decision rather than, you know, uh, something outside of your control. I was debating it a lot because I also had this fear of if I'm going to be the first outspoken person on the show that is Jewish, if I don't come off in a great light, people might have a problem with that might like cause a surge in 
some sort of negative feelings towards Jews. Or if my family comes off a certain way, that could create a negative kind of trope around a Jewish family. So I feel like I had to be very particular in the way I spoke and holding myself to a certain standard in that conversation. And also when you're relaying that information to someone on a date, it's very hard information for the other person to process that hasn't had that kind of like religious exposure or I don't see Judaism as a religion. I see it as kind of a nationality based on my parents' experience because it said Jewish in their passport when they were in the Soviet Union. It didn't say Ukrainian. So I, I feel like I really wanted to be particular on hometowns in the way I, I was speaking on my culture and making sure that if people had negative sentiment around me as a person, that didn't create negative sentiment around Judaism. A hundred percent. And I'm curious, what's your favorite holiday? Jewish holiday? Hmm. Um, it's secretly Halloween, so technically Purim. Yeah, but, Purim. <laughs> um, I, I feel like it's, it's lame to say, but Hanukkah. That's not lame. Like, what am I going to say? Sukkot? Like, <laughs> I'm also not... Yom Kippur? <laughs> I do like that one because I always feel very snatched after. Yeah, you think yeah. about what you've done. <laughs> you do. I really like Rosh Hashanah too. No, sorry. I just listed all of them. I really like Passover because the timing of Passover. And I felt like I always could come home when I was in, in university. And when I would come back, we'd always have like these big dinners for Passover. So I always love that in the matzah. I always appreciate the families that are more skeptical rather than like, oh, that's the bachelor. This is great. You should like, you know, get engaged to my daughter or son. Uh, and you're your brother and your dad were more kind of took the experience at face value and kind of asked what I always think are like normal questions that you would ask if some strange guy walked into your house with a camera crew and said, Hey, I'm dating three other women as well. And I've only known your daughter for three weeks, but we might get engaged. How did you, did you like that? Uh, and appreciate those types of questions or did, were you more upset when you found out, you know, that Zach's experience with your brother or your dad you know, was a little more challenging for him than you had anticipated. I feel like my brother is very protective and he wants what's best for me. And I feel like he kind of broke the, what is it called? The fourth wall um, and, and asked a lot of questions that people usually aren't asked. And I feel like that was important for him to do. I feel like my family is just very realistic. And I, I tried to be as real as possible about the process too. But I mean, this has been said so many times, like I made this decision, my family didn't. So they don't necessarily have to be on board, but I feel like my my parents were very supportive because, as my dad said, he fully trusts me. So I feel like my brother asking those questions felt so dramatized and so negative, but really he was coming from a loving place and he was being supportive. And I don't think those questions are that difficult. It was more so the sentiment of it wasn't about the question. By, by the way, my birthday, August 24th. Yeah. Um, middle middle name? name is Lana. Um, okay. I used to hate my middle name and now I can finally say it proudly. Um, good but name. Lana, yeah, Lana yeah. Del Rey made it cool. Yeah. Um, porn name is probably fantastic. True. <laughs> Very true. Only fans for feet. Um, <laughs> but where was I trying to thought? Oh, I, I feel like my brother has always been kind of like that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with someone being protective. And I don't feel like he was being so aggressive as it was necessarily portrayed. I think just in the setting of the show, it just seems so, so volatile. But in reality, if someone's asking you that and poking holes in a relationship moving really quickly, that's the normal thing to do. I think blind support is also just not how my family would ever be. But they support me after seeing like the proof of things. So my dad said, you've always, <laughs> always been like the black sheep in a way. You've always done things that I didn't initially support or understand necessarily. But you've always proved yourself to me and always not that I have to prove myself, but he's, you've always made me proud. And in any decision you've made, whether I've been skeptical of it or not, 
um, I've always understood why you did something. So I, if you, this is the person for you, I trust you in that decision. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I didn't like how the whole, like my family is so loving and so welcoming and like being part of the Ukrainian Jewish community, it's very gregarious. There's truly like a hundred person dinners and the setting and the way the, my family was portrayed, I didn't fully align with because I didn't feel like that's the way they necessarily were. So also being the first openly Jewish individual on the show and having my family with that kind of interpretation of being like aggressive and all these things, we almost kind of felt a little bit other than. I just didn't appreciate yeah. that setting. That makes sense. It totally. It was felt kind of like villainous in a way that it was did, like yeah. uncalled for. And it was like, come on, you're the really show, not going to be more mindful about the narratives that the, you're. The show yeah, does not like, like to reward the families that critique the experience. And so, yeah, which I understand. And I understand why also Zach would be taken off guard from those questions in that kind of a setting. Um, but I feel like my my family was very hesitant of everything when I went in. So they weren't going to pretend or, or act any which way just because the cameras are on in the same way as me. I thought they were great. I, I really enjoyed them. Yeah. It's like uh, a wanted poster of my brother everywhere. Oh, he was great. I, yeah. I, I think it's normal. It's just like, I do you, too. It's yeah. like, I think it's bizarre. And I, you know, I'm where the families are like, this is great. It's just like, you're what? You don't, you don't know who I am. You know, it's like, this is not normal. So like, yeah, I, I always appreciate that level of, objectivity with the families so me too my family's always been stern but very loving yeah and and realistic but also accepting in the end uh well i know we have to wrap things up a little bit but we always like to do a texting office hour with our our guests and for the sake of time we're not going to have someone call in but we love hearing you know you you've been through these relationships obviously this experience with zach uh, you've been so generous with your time and, and you seem very thoughtful with uh, your relationship experience. So we'd love to get your take on one of our, our dear uh, listeners have written in and are asking us for some relationship advice. So uh, Amanda is going to read it and then we're just going to hopefully offer this person who wrote in some uh, advice to their situation and hopefully you can help us uh, with solving that problem. This is my forte. Should I stretch again? All right, let's, let's go. So. This person said, hi, my name is Jessica and I'm 25 years old. Anonymity. <laughs> I met a guy on Hinge in December. In many years of trying to use dating apps, he's the only guy I've actually wanted to meet and met off of one. We talked for about two weeks before meeting in person. Right away, we clicked even over text. Our goals and aspirations aligned and the point we're at in lives is similar. We have just the right amount of similarities and differences. We text 24-7, flirt good morning slash good night text, all of that. The first night we hung out, we went and got ice cream, drove around for a while and talked. I'm a very shy person and I was so nervous, but as soon as I saw him, all that went away and we were able to goof around and be ourselves. After the date, we continued talking every day. Nothing had changed. The next time we hung out was at my apartment, cuddled, watched a movie, talked, and that was it. The third time, about a week after, again, hung out my apartment. Before he left, he kissed me for the first time. We continued talking, flirting, etc. At this point, I asked him if he was talking to anybody else, and he said he was not. I was not either. 
After the fourth time we hung out, he started acting distant, so I gave him some space. After about five days of him being weird, I confronted him. I said, hey, I noticed you've been distant. I've been trying to give you space, but we both discussed in the beginning that we're big on communication and I just want to know what's going on. He said, I like you. You're genuine and cool and I enjoy talking to you and spending time with you. But when we kissed, I didn't feel a spark. I don't want to lead you on, but I would like to remain friends. Obviously, I was bummed because I thought things were going so well, but I told him I was okay with being friends. I do enjoy talking to him and having him in my life, so I was okay with that. We immediately went back to talking 24-7 after that conversation, essentially like nothing had changed. We had talked on February 13th, of course, the day right before Valentine's Day. As of March 24th, there hasn't been a single day we haven't talked to each other. And when I say 24-7, I mean literally all day, from the time we wake up until one of us falls asleep. That's a full-time job. (laughs) So not 24-7, but... Yeah, like... You know, 18, 18, (laughs) we still heavily flirt with each other, which I held off on until he started again. We've hung out three more times. I do know he's updated his hinge profile, but since I've uninstalled the app to add to the mess, we've had sex twice since he said he wanted to be friends. When we started talking, we discussed that we weren't looking for games or to sleep around. And he made it very clear to me that he had not had sex in about a year and didn't want to sleep with someone unless he saw a future with them, which confused me even more. Was all of that a lie? Did he see something with me? Was he just keeping me around to sleep with me? You know, those types of questions popped into my head. About two weeks ago, I was confused about what we were doing. I sent him this. I'm just going to say this because there's never going to be a right time. I'm okay with what we're doing. If you just want to be friends that sleep together occasionally, that's fine. But also putting it out there that I do still like you. I don't know if I'm reading it wrong, but sometimes you make it seem like you do too. I'm not trying to make you uncomfortable or push anything, but I think it's important to say how you feel. The last thing I want is to fuck something up genuine. He said, I appreciate the honesty and all the thoughts you have. Hiding that would mess things up more, I think. I know you still have feelings. That was it. We left it at that and started talking about other stuff. Since that conversation, still talking 24-7 or 18-7, He always asks how I'm doing, is interested in our conversation, asks questions, flirts, goofs around with me, calls me, has opened up to me about his family and things he's struggling with, etc. Just the other night before we were going to grab snacks, he called me. So it was like walking around the store together, even though we were in different places. I'm just so lost. I feel like he's very back and forth. I don't know if he does have feelings, but he's scared or pushing them away. If there's nothing there and I'm overthinking it, I don't know. I don't know what to do. At the end of the day, I do value our friendship and don't want to lose that, but I have feelings for him. Do I continue being delusional and hoping that something will happen? I don't want to cut him out of my life, but I don't know how to go about figuring this out without being pushy. Okay. I'm ready. Shoot. <laughs> I took a lot of notes in that. Give us your analysis. Yeah. Um, I hate the terminology that people use and they say, let's be friends when you didn't start off in a friendship. You met on a dating app. You're not friends. If you go back to communicating normally when someone's not giving you the commitment that you actually want. So if you guys aren't in agreement that you're casual, you've said you don't want to be casual, but then you act casual and you allow them to have like not have that, but allow them if you give someone an inch, they'll take a mile. So I feel like that is setting yourself at a deficit because you're not really acting like what you're saying. You're sending these really clear messages and really concise messages of exactly how you're feeling but the way you're acting is as though you're not feeling that way. So and, the, and so he's acting in kind, because if you do sleep together after saying you want more than that and you want to be in a more like either exclusive dynamic or you just don't like to sleep around, 
Um, I think it's hard for someone from a male perspective to to be sleeping with someone, having all those messages, communicating that way, and then you sending those messages. The, the two are opposing. So I feel like the the best thing to do in the situation is the fact once you say what you want and the person's not giving it to you, it's as hard as it is, it's better to walk away because then they could always come back. They could be in a place that they're willing to date. But why would they want to date if they don't feel like they have to? Yeah, totally. You're good at this. Should I, yeah. should I replace you? Yeah. Yeah. Watch your back. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, it's great. But I'll just only thing just to add is people, this is one of those classic stories of like why they say they don't want to be my boyfriend, but they act like my boyfriend. And I'm assuming she's probably said this to a lot of her friends, like, but he's acting like my boyfriend all the time. That may be true, but she's also Jess, Jessica, whatever, uh, is acting like she, she's saying I like you and she is saying that she wants a relationship but she is acting like she's okay uh, and even saying that she's okay with something that deep down we all know she's not okay with and she is showing him through her actions that she's fine with being casual and she's fine with you know being fuck buddies and despite her saying to him that she has feelings she is showing him that you know it's chill and it's cool and it's okay and guys all the time not guys but like Anytime someone says, I'm not ready for a relationship and early on they say that, like that's, they treat that like a get out of jail free card. Believe what people say. Yeah, exactly. They're like, they're literally telling you they're not wanting one. And no matter what they do going forward, no matter how many movies you go to or how many times you have sex or if they introduce you to your friends or you meet their parents, they're always going to come back with, I told you I didn't want to be in a relationship. You know, as we've said all the time, people, people hang out with their friends, people, you know, introduce their friends to their parents and people introduce their friends to other friends and friends even sometimes have sex and they go to parties together and they hang friends out all the time. Pardon me? Friends don't have sex. Some? That's not friends anymore. Well, you know. You have gay friends. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> we be fucking, we be fucking friends. Well, I'm just saying, you know, like it, it's all happened. So yeah, she should stop telling herself that she's okay with something she's not okay with. Am I the only one in the room who thinks less of this man for ending the text with, I know you still have feelings? Yeah, fuck that. Because well, the isn't whole there... way he communicates, weird. Yeah, like isn't there a part of that that's just like so, like if you know, why are you like still doing this, you know? It's a bad move because it's showing that he's complicit in this behavior and understands that she still has feelings and is still willing to bend those feelings to get kind of what he wants out of the situation. And also it it when you show that, you know, or have the full scope of awareness, but you're still acting poorly. That's a really bad reflection on you. I feel like he's also getting the emotional support, the continuous communication. He's basically getting kind of everything out of the situation because he doesn't actually want to like he's saying he doesn't want to be in a relationship. But I feel like she does and she's giving him all of her time and effort, which is taking away time from other people that she could actually be dating. So I feel like it creates this tie to this dynamic in this person. But like time is very precious. And if you give if you're talking to someone 18, 7, 8, 24, 7, whatever it is, um, it's very hard to put yourself out there and you become more limited in the energy that you put out. So I feel like my advice here is to really you don't have to cut him out or demonize him or create this like big rift. You actually need to now under communicate after over communicating and just start to try to date other people and see how you feel. Cause if you want to be in a relationship and someone's not giving you that, maybe one day they will. So keep them in, I guess your back burner, if you will, but don't talk to them 24 seven cause they don't deserve that. Yeah. Also when people say they don't want to be in a relationship, it doesn't mean that they don't enjoy quality time and they don't enjoy companionship or, 
sex at their convenience or someone to go to the movies with or dinner with. It means they don't want to have responsibility. Yeah. It means they don't want to owe you anything and they don't want to step up when it's inconvenient to their life. And so, yeah, he's being incredibly selfish. But as you said earlier, if, if you let someone be selfish, chances are they will be. They will be. And if you don't enforce the boundary you try to set, the chances are they won't do it either. But we've, we've all been in that position, too, where we've said, in, in her position in particular, where we, we think if things continue going really well and the person's continuing to communicate, we look into all those things. And I would as well. So I get why she's... And, and also, we take a chance on people because sometimes people... When a guy looks at you and says... I don't want to be in a relationship. You're like, give me three months. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like no one hears accepted. that and registers it and says, got it. They're like, what do I need to do to change this? You know, they're like challenge, truly challenge accepted. Yeah. So and then when they start hanging out with you, you yeah. see it as hope rather than you're being fucked around with. Exactly. Yeah. So you become all those little actions too. you start to overanalyze because you're pinning it up against they don't want to be in a relationship. So if they're introducing me, they're oh. This is like overriding that don't want to be in a relationship thing. But really, they're just acting in line with what they initially said. And I feel like it's also easy to get someone to change their mind if you actually take yourself out of the conversation. So I don't think anyone ever doesn't want to be in a relationship in general. I think they just feel like they can say that. Yeah, until you make someone step up. I mean, think about it. This guy is getting everything and every, anything and everything he wants at his convenience and it sounds like she's very willing to like be available whenever he wants. And at any moment when he doesn't want to do something, he can simply say, but you're not my girlfriend. I say ghost him and freak him out. Yeah, 100%. Jessica. But truly in a really like confusing way, just confuse someone that's being confusing. Like I, I feel like if they start communicating again to be random about the communication, not complete ghost, but to kind of tap in sometimes, sprinkle some conversation, act really aloof. Totally. Be like, sorry, I was super busy. How are you doing? Act really, act honestly, so aloof that the person doesn't think you're upset or angry, just feels like you're pulling back, but can't explain it. Give them that same medicine. I I think that's great. How long would you play that game before you just like cut it off? I'm in a different place now than I used to be when I would do these types of things. Like, I, I got but, but like you know, and we all say we don't play games, but at no, times games can you be should necessary. Play games. Yeah, you game. should play games for. But how even long if you're would married. you play a game? With someone in this scenario, how long would you recommend Jess play this game before she realizes, like, how long before he needs to come around? I don't think it's about waiting for him to come around. I think it's about now having your cake and eating it, too. You can now, you're in a position now where you're not in a relationship, right? You can date who you want, do what you want. You're completely open while you really, it, it is hard to have feelings for someone. And- she, but yes, I'm guessing she's emotionally invested and I'm, I'm, I'm doubtful that she can play a game with him and then stay opened up dating other people yeah i'm not saying sleeping with other people because i think it's hard to be sleeping with multiple people at once and i also think it's once you sleep with someone it does change things and it changes your emotions on the situation it's actually very like physiological the release of oxytocin the love chemical so i love oxytocin on this show (laughs) do you guys do you guys talk about oxytocin i feel like we talk about it it comes up i think about it all the time um so I, I, I feel like she is emotionally invested. So the way to get out of that is to start putting yourself out there, even if you don't want to. And it does, I don't mean in a physical way. I mean, like truly going on dates and doing other things, because sometimes you get stuck in the comfortability of even a bad situation. Oh, totally. Yeah. I'm just worried for her that she's will be too. Um, it'll be hard for her to like separate dating him and someone else. But Yeah, but they shouldn't even be communicating at this point because he's not 
treating her with kindness. He's just like, it's bizarre to me to be talking about all these things and then go off and, and basically start communicating normally being like, so what'd you get for dinner? Totally. You know, after a conversation like that, you shouldn't have a normal conversation, do small talk. Are you often the, the friend who gives other friends dating advice? Yeah. People that can't, fo- can't do can't teach. Do teach yeah. <laughs> but you, you, you seem like awesome, good at it and, and interested in giving it. You're yeah, I love to give advice because I learn a lot about myself, but I'm always chatting shit and always change my mind. So. Sure. Yeah, we, we just <laughs> come from this as a place of, we just have opinions. Yeah. yeah, and I also think that I've always liked to be in that position with friends because I think I learn a lot of, from my friends on conven- unconventional dating situations that I'm not personally in. I think I'm more open-minded because of my friends' experiences and because I didn't date until I was much older. Not much older, but like... Uh, what's next for you? What, uh, you mentioned on the live, it seems like your DMs are open. Um, <laughs> they're closed. They're closed. Are, like kidding, like kidding. are you totally single at this moment? You are. Yes. You're nodding. Yes. And, uh, chances of seeing you on the beaches of paradise. Is that something you'd be open to? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, one, uh, scale of one to 10, uh, 10 being like, I'm there. I can't wait. All I have to do is ask zero being no chance. Where would you put yourself? It's the same thing with with overnights, right? I don't say something, so I go against it. So I'm always open-minded, but I don't really know how I feel about going back into something like that. And I, I also feel like the beach would be very different than what I experienced. It would. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of fun. You should go. Really? Yeah. I feel like it's not me. We'll see. What What don't you think is you? I feel like, first of all, I hate the heat. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> don't do well. Don't do well in the heat. I'm sweating right now. It's hot. It's warm in here. The lights are hot. But uh, it is muggy. That might you. That part you might hate. I'm totally kidding. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I feel like I put myself out there so much in this past situation. I think it would be hard for me to go through that again. I think I've moved on from it, but I felt like that was kind of a one-off situation for me potentially. Um. Just because of. I mean, I. It really took me a, a long time to get back into my regular life to really process everything that had happened and and rectify that situation. So I think that it would be hard for me to put myself out there in that setting where everyone's kind of shifting around couples as well. I hope that you're open to it. I think there's a lot of, of fans out there that hope to see you again. And it's a very different experience. I can't say whether it will be for you or not for you, but it's it's easier for you to control um, your experience, uh, because it's not about one person and you have plenty of options and you can kind of really can kind of come and go. It's just, it's a lot more hanging out with people and, and you, I think most people have an opportunity. Most people, I feel like they can really be themselves and, um, for what it's worth, I think, uh, I I didn't say no, I'm open. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, We'll see you there. Maybe. Bachelor Nation hopes to see you there. Uh, Everything's a maybe with me. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, it's okay. never a no or a yes. I mean, for due diligence, Bachelorette, would you ever be interested in that kind of role? No. I said that like really quickly. Um, I think it's too much pressure and I think it's really hard to be in that setting. And I think that I don't know how I would personally be able to handle that. What is something that you uh, we should be excited to see as charity as the Bachelorette? And what is something uh, you hope 
that she surprises us with uh, that uh, might be unexpected? Oh, I think she's going to be unbelievable. I th- she is one of the people that I also initially bonded with. I remember my first days in the house, we had a really long conversation about what she does professionally. She's a child therapist. Um, I think she'll be so great at communicating with all the different men, making them feel extremely comfortable. I feel like she is going to have an amazing season too because I know I'm really excited to see her find her person because I think she really deserves that. And I think she opened up so much in this past process. I think she's ready to be in a relationship and she's really healed from her past and what she had in terms of infidelity in her past relationships. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And before we let you go, we have to get your take on all the Vanderpump drama. I know we made you do your research. <laughs> Should I get my notebook? Yeah, she does have a I, I, I just asked if she's been watching it, and uh, she mentioned that she was. So I was like, ooh, we have to get into I don't it. I like to be unprepared. Uh, I know every I appreciate you doing your homework. 2019. Uh, what, do you have any hot takes? What are your thoughts? Briefly, what, what, do you, what do you think about what's going on in the Vanderpump community? Well, it's amazing for the show. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm joking. I, I think it's I think it's awful to experience that so publicly. And I think all the people at play are not handling themselves well. I think when you fuck up, just put your head down and also own up to it. And I feel like people are not owning up to their fuck ups and they're not owning up to anything, really, even in, in the Sandoval. How do you say his name? I believe so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should we call him Thomas to seem disciplinarian? Yeah. In Thomas's. Um, apology. He's talking about other people and the restaurant and things like that. He's not talking about what he did to his partner of nine years. So I just think that do better. Have you ever been cheated on? Um, not that I know of, but in college, tell you that maybe you might've, but didn't know about it. I hesitated because in college, I feel like when I was in an in-between phase with someone where we weren't boyfriend and girlfriend, but we were like talking about exclusivity or getting into that phase, I was cheated on. Gotcha. But I wouldn't really consider it cheating. Okay. So it's not like something that maybe you, like, like Ariana's experiencing where it was a big no, of. I've never had anything like that. Okay. And if I've been cheated on, they've been really good at hiding it. Okay. So they, they crushed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thank you so much, Ariel. Did I say that right? Yeah. I got it in my head again. Uh, truly, um, you were great. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation. I feel like we could keep talking, but for the sake of time, uh, we're going to let you go. Um, but it's been a pleasure talking with you. Do you have any final thoughts or things you want to share? If you want to promote anything, by all means, I have nothing to go promote. nuts. Uh, but uh, truly, thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you guys so much. I feel like it's such an easy conversation. Hit us with your TikToking handle or an Instagram. Right. Yeah, where can people promote follow yourself? you? Yeah. Come on, you know? I mean, if they want to find me, they can. Leave the mystery alive. Uh, what is your What is your Instagram? Um, I think it's it's my first initial A, my last name F R E N K E L one. Okay, I believe. That is and also that complicated. Handle. Yeah. I know. I need to change it to like my actual name, but it's A Frankel one. And then that's my TikTok as well. But And what's your favorite smell and what do you think it says about <laughs> oh you? Oh my god. <laughs> my favorite smell? Yeah. And what do you think it says in about you? In terms of a perfume or a general scent? General scent. Anything in the world. Anything in the world. I love something kind of fresh. I hate lavender and rose. Um, even though I know lavender is relaxing. But I guess something like with cucumber. Cucumber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoa. Cucumber and like lemon or something. Mm. Hmm. Does that mean she Maybe likes matcha? the party? I think it's crisp. No, she's like. I'm thinking spa. Refreshing? She's cool. You can't get. She's not. Yeah. I immediately thought of like a cool lemon a cucumber. cucumber drink. 
Should I say like sandalwood? I want to see what like all the answers <laughs> are. Smooth mahogany. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We like that Cognac. question. Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much again. It's been a pleasure. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget that we have our recap coming out on Thursday. Oh, we have an update special. For all you uh, Asnik fans who love your updates, it will be not behind Vile Files Plus. It will be live. On, well, it'll be available, not live, uh, this coming Friday. Uh, Katie Maloney next Tuesday. Going over Love is Blind next Thursday. So much uh, coming up. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, have a great night, day, wherever you're listening to this. Bye. Ciao.